Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. Let's get started. Um, um, first I would like to have you introduce yourself to our audience, like five minute version, a five minute version, of five, to, five to seven, <sighs> so much time, or just like a short synopsis, like, you know, maximum, maximum 10, but no more than 10 who you are. Okay. How we know each other. Okay. And, um, like what your favorite summer, like popsicle flavor is <laughs> um well i'm william sanofsky and i met tiffany i mean were we in, were we in diapers together or no yeah were we in diapers together what yeah we were a week apart but you guys you guys you our moms knew each other before we were born you, um, yeah we were together <laughs> you're definitely violating the no no noise well, that's okay. This is my podcast now. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm just get the right information. No, no, no. I invited you. It is okay. No, I asked you the question. I know. I know. Keep going. Okay. So, yeah. So, our moms, yeah, we just diapers. found out, knew each other. Y'all were in a, like, small group or something? Or church together? How did you guys know each other? Aerobics? No. Your mom right. led my mom to the Lord. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot Such about that. Such a big that. thing. That is a huge thing. <laughs> Uh, we were in high school. And yes. She adventure. That's right. Okay. And Met McDonald's. Yeah. Gotcha. Classic McDonald's. Ah, okay. Bringing people together. Okay. A lot has happened since then. So give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, my mom led your mom to Christ, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, so we were born a week apart. You're the 29th. Uh huh. And I'm 22nd of May. And then. <gasps> this year is my golden birthday. Yeah. Yeah, I missed my golden birthday. Or oh. I didn't know what a golden birthday was till after it passed, which I don't know. Congratulations, though. I have planning to do. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. What's special about a golden birthday besides, obviously, the number correlation? Is there like some history to it that's like this? No, I think that's it. I I think that you, I don't know. You'll have back to back big birthdays, 29 and 30, right? Yeah, let's not talk about 30. But we can, we can like wear all gold, like decorations all gold. Do you like uh, costume parties? Yeah, I like like themed parties. Themed Mm -hmm. parties. It's fun. I never, I never got into them until later. And then I had some friends that would like go all out. And then I was like, wow, this is Super fun. So fun. Yeah, it's fun to dress up. I think it's the best part of your 20s. Is parties? Yeah, parties in general, <laughs> but themed parties. Themed parties in yeah. your 20s. Yeah, because in 30s, there's no theme parties. Right. It is stop. Yeah, on you that, just stop. You have a theme party if you're 31. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, mom, so we grew up knowing each other, mm-hmm. and then we, hmm, I don't know, really remember what we parted ways. I have some small memories of us pushing your brothers and 
wagons, selling lemonade, going in your swing set in your um, Bear Creek home. Um, anyway, so then. We probably uh, stopped hanging out when we were in like, kindergarten. Yeah, I think elementary school, we started, our mom just, yeah. Because my mom moved out of state, well, yeah, I think you're right. I don't remember, that is very f few memories from that I time know. in my life. Um, we could dig out the photo albums if we wanted to, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that would be fun to see photos. Um, okay, some more about me and my story. Mm -hmm. So, what specifically would you like me to share about Just my like, story? Um, maybe not your full story, though it's good and beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe like who you are now. We know you at zero through four or five. Who are you quickly now? And hmm, who am I now? It's a good question. Obviously, I'm still on the path, just like everyone is. But um, this year has been a very growing year for me in particular. Um, like I shared with you the night, I had a falling out with my sister, who has been, was my best friend for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so we're very close. And so not having that person in my life has been an interesting shift. Um, but it's been one of the most healthy things for me, realizing um, how much, you know, I wouldn't say codependent per se, but there's there's definitely levels of codependency on both sides between her and I, where mm. I look for her for affirmation and she looked to me for oh, maybe protection or I don't know. But there was a sense of where like I needed her to approve my life and my decisions I made. And so with that separation, that relationship, I realized all those things. So I was like, man. And then the outside, the weight kind of came off too of like, plus I was in leadership and all of this stuff of doing music and teaching and all of this stuff um, and not being in those positions anymore. And my sister was leading the ministry. And so anything I did, didn't do, whatever, if I had um, my shortcomings show up in a worship practice or shortcomings could show up in a, an actual live set or whatever it was. Um, it was hard for her to handle. It's like a direct reflection on her or the, the team. And so having that separation has been really nice. It's like, uh, cause leadership is, a, is a burden if you would, or it's a, it's a yoke, I guess it's a blessing obviously to mm -hmm. be able to lead people, but um, there is a higher calling um, mm -hmm. in leadership, and so yeah. to and I've and because my dad was a leader, my mom and dad were both worship leaders. They're both my dad was a pastor at church, um, so we grew up in the spotlight per se in that community. I mean, everyone knew our last name, um, you know, and so that expectation plus our performance was a reflection on their parenting skills and whether mm -hmm. they were good Christians or not, and that obviously influenced their parenting towards me and my siblings um and so even in college i was part of a worship team did music there i was part of a soccer team um so there's always been like huge roles i've always been in a lot of my life and in work i was in i was the head of young executives and so i spoke and did all this stuff granted that that 
organization that industry was like non-christian so the expectations but there's still expectations leadership even if you're not in a christian organization right mm -hmm. and so this past year and a half has really been outside of covid and everything it's i've stepped out of all those roles and it's literally been just me trying to figure out what i want to do i'm not working with my dad so there's no expectations there and so i've literally just taken off all of these mm -hmm hats and roles that i've been in for a very long time and have you found freedom in that yes very much so very much so and even though like financially i'm way worse off than i was um working um the corporate job and everything um and obviously i haven't made the best financial decisions in the past year and have to help that but outside of all that um <clears throat> to be able to make moves that aren't affecting my immediate family members that I hold it's allowed me to it's allowed me a space of to be more authentic if you will um because, with yourself yes but with others and okay. I know authenticity is a choice and not based on what others are actions but if I was so closely tied to all these people like my dad and I was working with them for mm -hmm. eight years and then my sister who I was living with and you know very close to um and I was in ministry with her and my brother was really not in the picture at all it, in those times of my life. But if I wasn't at the office, I was usually with my sister. So there was mm -hmm. really no separation from the people who were the most important to me are the most important to me. But also what comes that the you just don't know what you don't know. I didn't know I had all these expectations that were on me mm -hmm. or all of these um, you know, hats I felt like I had to fill. And so the the Lord's removed them and I followed what he said like left slash you know the falling out wasn't necessarily my idea but you know all of, yeah. however you want to call it I've now found myself in a place where I'm not in any leadership roles I'm not in in a close working relationship with any of my family members and it's just me and there's been a lot it's like mm -hmm. man I can mess up and it doesn't reflect poorly on my father it doesn't reflect poorly on my sister I can kind of figured out. And so that's, that's been a huge weight and growing portion of my life of realizing how all that, but it's hard at first, obviously, because yeah. you know, I was like, Oh, no, who's gonna make me feel better about myself and approve yeah. of what I'm doing or disapprove either one, I just want something, you know, and now mm -hmm. it's like kind of it was on me, and or I had to get it from the Lord. So anyway, that was so this last year has been really growing for me to kind of be more who I am, understand how I work, which I know I still don't know, but it is a step closer than I was a year ago. Okay. So that's good. I think this, the process that you're explaining, like everybody will go through it in some capacity. Like um, if all external affirmers are taken from you mm -hmm. or like are all, if all, things that speak of your value are taken from you like mm -hmm. who are you right you know mm -hmm. like whenever i left and went to california and i didn't have a job mm -hmm. it was so weird to be like yeah i don't like i don't have a job who am i like how do i function and mm -hmm. so much more than that but so how has um creativity helped you like you do music you mm -hmm. Have you found that creativity helps you come back to yourself in places of? That's an interesting question. 
you would think the answer would be like, yes, of course, and here's how. But um, in creativity, actually, so uh, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. familiar with her, and her, work, mm-hmm. her work on shame? It's amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. But she has a quote that's, uh, man, I have it saved on my phone. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it ultimately is um, if you are living in shame or you have that shame, you can't be creative. Mm-hmm. It, they're, they're actually closely tied together, which is really interesting, yeah, right? interesting. Um, and I've actually been thinking a lot about this about myself. One of the things I'm naturally gifted in is melodic structure, composition, tones, understanding like what is a good tone to your ear? How does this note fit on top of another one? What kind of feeling do we want out of it? And that's kind of been mm-hmm. natural. And I've always been able to sit with a guitar or a piano or whatever and come up with a chord progression. I'm like, ah, oh, this is really gonna turn out to be something, but something that has, and I've always really enjoyed that and it has brought me life. And I've really enjoyed looking at a finished product. But if you, if I look at all my songs, what's not a part of them are lyrics, which are really interesting. And even when I was little, my brother was like, hey, do you remember that song about the, the guy and the girl and they're running away from the sheriff? And um, it's this kind of reggae song that was like, Dude, I have no idea. Now, come to find out, it's like one of my most listened to songs, but I had no idea what they were talking about. Like lyrics mm. was just escaped me. And like I could I could sing the, the, the melody of the lyrics, but I didn't really understand what they were saying or how they were saying it. And something that's really been blocked in me is my writing and my lyrics. And it's like showcasing that. I would imagine the, all, all the way back to your question is... I haven't felt, I've really enjoyed the creative side. It's brought a life back to me that I have missed out when I was working just sales and marketing and all of that. And so, would you think there's a lot of creativity in that, but not really in the corporate world. There is like problem solving, but not like, I want to create a feeling out of a piece of art or music or, you know, a picture or video or whatever those mm-hmm. things are, um, or pottery or whatever you're making, but like making from scratch, you know, your thing. Um, I would imagine that, anyway, I would imagine that if I started writing lyrics and releasing that, not necessarily releasing, I don't want to say releasing, even just for myself, yeah, if I would just start writing creating. lyrics, yeah, that would bring, I don't remember exactly your question, but the yes to it, I probably could say yes. I would imagine if I was okay with my writing lyrics if that makes sense and that process that way and I've avoided it for a very long time shame. probably yeah wow so so yes but no but maybe in the future much yeah. more resounding yes I yeah. guess to your ultimate question yeah but that's it for me and at least for other people I don't know whatever it is um for me it, was, it's, it would be the lyrics thing and it's I don't think it's that I can't write lyrics it's more of I don't want to or I'm scared to or I probably would have to sit down and figure it out more. This is something that has been on my mind a lot in the last year um, of exactly why that is. But um, I would imagine those things are closely tied that I would probably find a lot of growth if I just sat down and started writing. Mm-hmm. Do you write in other areas of life? Like do you journal and stuff like that? Um, or is it? That's a good question as well. Um, last year, 2020, January, mm-hmm. from like January, early January to like maybe to the beginning of March, maybe I spent 
probably about two and a half hours every morning, journaling, spending time with the Lord. And it wasn't, it, there was some really good moments, but it was hard. I did not like it, honestly. Mm. It, didn't, it, was, it was tough. And so I've always, putting pen and paper, actually, funny story, yes, that I've never liked writing. I've never, I've always struggled with it. I hated English growing up. Um, when we're 13, my parents would take us on a becoming a man or becoming a woman trip. Mm-hmm. And so my dad brought out this folder like three nights ago or four nights ago. And it was our folder from a trip we took to Guatemala, which we like, we did ministry in this orphanage and all this stuff. And dad took me to Guatemala. It was just him and I, but my mom and dad told me that I needed to, well, <laughs> they, anyway, he pulled out this <laughs> folder and um, it was my journal from that trip. I was Aww. like, huh, I didn't know I journaled. Um, and I Sweet. opened it up. And it was like, <laughs> it was, I was really struggling obviously to put things on paper. At one oh. point I was, I was writing, I just started listing. I listed the entire channels that were, that were available on, in the hotel. <laughs> I was like, you know, FX is on channel 122. And I like reading it. I'm like, this is awful. Like, I was just Why? not really, well, yeah. Cause I, and then I turned to my dad, I'm like, dad, did you, did I decide to journal or did you guys make me journal? He goes, oh, we, we made you journal. <laughs> Ah, that makes a lot of sense. And so, <laughs> I mean, I wish I could read you some of these excerpts from my journal. They were terrible. It, not just terrible, but they were just like, literally like there's a, there's a flower on the, on the nightstand and the channel guy goes, oh, and I'll just write out literally all the channels because I think I needed to fill out like one page a day to journal. Yeah. So that was my experience journaling. It has been for a very long time. Um, Oh my gosh, I don't remember so where we started funny. this. We asked if I journaled. Yeah, um, <laughs> journals always been a huge struggle for me. Journaling, um, and even when I was little, I said I'd never be a writer. And then my mom's like, "Don't say that. That means you're going to be a writer when you grow up." But um, anyway, yeah. So I probably, I would imagine journaling. No, I don't journal currently. I journal my notes for business stuff. I do like like if we're talking about something, I want to. A concept I love having a pen and paper with me because I love drawing out or writing on a whiteboard what we're talking about if there's like uh, physical examples of like here's what this looks like and so mm-hmm. I like writing in that manner so I do have a lot of journals and I do keep notes but they're not self-processing notes emotional correct yeah. they're more of or I like writing down my um yeah non-emotional is a great point because I have a lot of thoughts and then um, like I'll like I have a whole notes like I love my notes section on my phone and I write in a lot I guess after because that comes on the heels of me saying I don't journal (laughs) but like I have like uh, there's a principles that I've discovered or and things I've been thinking and learning that stuff but they're not they're not emotional Mm -hmm. I guess fundamentally I don't write this stuff down that i not should I I don't want to use that word should but like yeah I hear what you're saying like they're anyway that's a long answer to your I'm still laughing about your Guatemala journal that is so precious Uh, I'll send you a picture it's still out Um, my dad hasn't moved away yet so I'll have to send a picture of me please do listing out all the channels yeah just thinking about (laughs) young Will at 13 like okay dad says I have to like do this so I just you know as soon as I like, have a pen in my hand like, I can talk for days but then as soon as a pen's in my hand and there's paper I'm like god you know, the sky is blue 
yes, the sky is blue. The sky is very, very, very blue. Right. <laughs> like big spaced out, like biggest letters possible. Yeah. Well, I would challenge you to get some sort of like journal prompt journal. A journal prompt. Yeah. Like, how does this coffee make you feel? And then make a little poem about your coffee or something. It's <laughs> a pretty good idea. I've been, I've been getting into meditation more actually recently. And the process in which it's, there's a little series on Netflix called, I don't even know what it's called. It's the name of his company, whoever does it. Um, anyway, it's a little, it's got like eight episodes or nine episodes and each of them he talks about a particular process so one of them mm -hmm. is like loving kindness and so he teaches why he kind of takes 10 minutes or 15 minutes to kind of talk about how he discovered this process and then a, a little story where he explains how he um struggled with it or encountered it and whatever mm -hmm. and then he takes you through a practical application where he's like all right close your eyes and we're going to walk through how to do it mm -hmm. and so like the loving kindness one is where you imagine yourself being very happy and then you find somebody could be a stranger it could be someone you know it could be someone you're angry about someone you like dislike and then you imagine them happy hmm. and it's kind of a little it's very short but it's just imagining this other person being fully satisfied and fully happy and um, there's another one that talks about there's a process called noting but ultimately outside of how all of them work individually it kind of has helped me and my thought process and self-compassion and mm -hmm. grace to, you know, a big concept is that our thoughts are not who we are. Mm -hmm. So what we think about is not who we are. And I know that's kind of contrary because you sow a thought, you reap an action, you sow an action, you reap a character, you sow mm -hmm. a character, you reap a destiny, whatever those quotes are. But um, we have a thought that crosses our mind and that's, that's that's not who we are. It's just it's a thought. It could have been depending on what you believe in particular. The devil could have placed it there. It could have been a, a, a carnal reaction. It could have been a Holy Spirit placement. It could have been yeah. uh, just a, a and an, an um, amoral doesn't have any moral value thought, you know. But that those are not who we are, and so we can view them as a bystander, neutrally. It's like this is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's all you were going to do is just view what we're thinking about. We don't have to do anything just yet, but we're just viewing it. And it's, it all kind of separates that process. It's, it's kind of subtly like super awesome because subtly you're looking at your, your thoughts neutrally, which all of a sudden you just separated you from your thoughts because mm -hmm. now you're viewing your thoughts, not we are our thoughts. You know, I think a bad thought towards somebody. It's like, I'm, I'm actually thinking that that's who I am or that's like a natural, I feel like that's a natural response versus viewing our thoughts and be like, huh, interesting. My brain just came across a thought of ill will towards somebody and you're just thinking about it separately from you. It's mm -hmm. like all of a sudden you've disassociated your identity from your thought. Does that make sense? I fundamentally how that works. I, I mean, kind of like I think I'm tracking. Okay. So what do you do with your thought? <clears throat> later and is the thought any sort of representation of who you are because i would say say yes i would say it can be i can say that it 
it could be like represented of who I am. But then you have the factors of like, who's putting this thought in my mind? Would you agree or not? That interesting question, I would, I would pose the questions it, that you're still, you're, you're pushing to do something with that thought. And yeah. we can later, and we can choose to let it, just like the, uh, what verse is it? Take every thought captive. Yeah. So it's a similar concept as biblical, but I, we're not even going to get to the thought captured yet. We're just going to just sit captured. back in. We're just sitting in a place of noticing. You, yes, noticing. Okay. Yeah. Just and hey, this is just, a thought. Yeah, this is a thought. Do you write it down? How do you cap? How do you capture it? Um, if you're not doing anything with it, I've only done it. What? Speaking of the <clears throat> journaling, I was thinking that journaling might come easier since I've been kind of thinking through this type of meditation per se, which is a. Uh, stepping out and kind of looking at what you do kind of is just like me what I write down isn't you know whether it's negative or bad or I'm angry or whatever those things are those emotions or whatever that I might be ashamed to write down or whatever's blocking me mm -hmm. it kind of gives me a freedom to write down and then I can just view it as a neutral third party yeah which we can then do stuff later with it like yeah. um, as a Christian we'd want to dwell on holy pure thoughts and you know, thoughts of love and, and goodwill towards people and all that. Um, but I feel for me growing up performance-based, every was everything, you know, it's like you got praise if you did well, you know, you didn't, it was hard mm -hmm. in that aspect, but um, which makes, if you have a bad thought immediately, you want to like go do something with it. And so anxiety will come or all of those things. And just mm -hmm. noting that it's there gives the thought you, you choose to give the thought power or not. And that can come later, but by just noticing the thought neutrally, there's no power behind that thought anymore. And mm. roughly, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, interesting. I want to kill that person. Hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, it, you know, it's like, huh, I wonder, I'm curious Curiosity is, is actually probably a better way to approach it, in my opinion. I've actually found that curiosity is a really great way to approach a lot of things because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we listen and perceive in filters of what's right and wrong or do I agree or disagree <clears throat> versus curiosity. So I say coffee's bad. You immediately think of the filter, do I agree or disagree with that statement? Right. Well, my first question would be like, why do you think so? That's a like, great curiosity. It's like, huh, like that's interesting. Have you not had good coffee? Have you not had? Yeah, well, the, the curiosity aspect of it allows you to search your thoughts and yourself, I think, with a grace and a accuracy versus a biased opinion. I think also listening to other people can be applied to someone. It's like, man, it's a very, I'm curious to know more of what you're saying, or I'm curious where that thought came from. Mm -hmm. Whether like, not like I disagree or don't like, <clears throat> let's say it's a really negative thought. Like I want to kill somebody. Obviously that's very extreme, but, or right, let's go a little, not as big. Let's say I'm going to steal something. Okay. It's a little easier yeah, to palate. Um, <laughs> um, instead of being like, oh, that's wrong. I can't think that. Um, I don't know. I feel like even that statement has a little bit of shame to it. And granted, I'm speaking not out of my butt, but I'm, this is very new to myself. So I don't know 
fully have grasped what I'm sharing. I'm just sharing my what personal thoughts of what yeah. I've been experiencing. And so um, to be like, huh, I'm curious to where that thought came from and explore it versus assigning shame or negativity to that thought in particular. It's like, I wonder where that came from. I wonder why I thought that. I wonder. And by that, are you saying happen? like, do I feel like I don't have enough or do I feel like I, like, are you thinking about uh, like root need within your own self or are you tracking it, it leads in there, but not initially? A pure curiosity, I don't think, I feel like is for me, like I, a lot of times my curiosity questions, I fundamentally know where I want to go. Like if someone says something like, for example, what you just shared with me, it's like, ooh, I think there's a root need not being met. I'm going to go try to find it. And then we, 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 see, we find what we seek. And so if, we, if, if that makes sense. So to, to really step back and be completely we neutral completely allows separated. you yeah. to really accurately, because if, if I'm trying to find that I'm, I'm empty and I'm in need, then I'll probably find that. Sure. At some level, you know, sure. and even though it's like, oh, technically that thought didn't um, come from that area, but I could find it if I was looking because that's yeah. what I was looking for. So, and obviously yeah. we're all full of biasness and everything. And so I don't know, biasness. I've never heard bias, the word before. Bias, yeah. plural form of bias. Bia. <laughs> is it Latin? <laughs> I have no idea what the plural form of bias is, but um, <laughs> we're all full of. <laughs> um perspectives that were shaped <laughs> um whether our upbringing or we're naturally bent that way or however you want to argue the nature versus nurture thing and um being able to step away and view fully neutrally and pure curiosity i think will there's i feel like you step away from shame mm-hmm. and you, you step out of shame in that way because you're signing uh shame when you're like oh it's a bad thought it's like well is the thought good or bad? Well, nothing's happening. I'm curious where it came from. Curious, why am I thinking it right now? You know, why? I don't know what, I'm still learning what the right questions to ask, but hmm. to be more curious than, than right or wrong or attack or chase or change the thought. Um, at least for me personally, if a thought comes on that I don't like, I either want to force myself to think something else or I, or I kind of do some other external stimulus, watch TV, play volleyball, get on Instagram, do whatever, drink, smoke, whatever the things are that will move me away from those things. And it's so subtle, it's hard to notice, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, and if I try to engage those thoughts or things that I don't like or I feel uncomfortable with, um, I, I, I just sit in this shame or guilt, I guess. And so I think that's why writing's been a little bit difficult. Um, but approaching with just curiosity, now I can just view that thought without it being assigned to who I am. Mm-hmm. I now can explore it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the high level of it is I can explore it with no shame because it's just the thought, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Or it's just what I'm writing. And it doesn't mean anything. And later we can figure out if it does mean something or what we should do with it but in the moment when it's coming to just sit with it and be neutral with it so obviously it was very difficult for me but that is kind of where i'm heading but 
I'm moving that direction slowly and I feel like it will help me with my writing as well. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the long or the short is you're not writing lyrics yet. No, I haven't really. Well, no, that's not entirely true. I have some I'm good ideas. Um, but the lyrics that are always very powerful or the poems or the writing that's very powerful come from a place of authenticity. Um, obviously, you got some bangers in the world that like some Ed Sheeran stuff, but and he's an incredible writer, but mm -hmm. and he does just a great job blending, you know, your melodic structure with your lyrics. And I it's agree. just like, man, it's just really great. Um, but the I think that the, the, the the songs that hit you come from a place of experience and authenticity. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my lyrics thoughts so far have more been like, I kind of find a concept that I've either been personally thinking, or it's like, I believe that this will hit other people well, even though I haven't personally experienced. So I'll kind of write mm -hmm. down or jot down the concept that I'd want to maybe make lyrics about, but really getting into it. I haven't yet done that. Yeah. Okay. So um, I have a question about, um Ed Sheeran's song um what's the one he does with Beyonce perfect yeah mm -hmm. is it called perfect yeah I think so do you like it with Beyonce or with without Beyonce man I love B she's my girl so mm -hmm. it's this that's a tough I think originally I like the original a little better um Beyonce obviously does an incredible job but um mm, that's tough they feel like two different songs honestly when you listen to them at least for me so i don't know if i could put one over the other i haven't heard them in a, actually a while but okay it's an interesting question i, I think that i, I like it with her really because mm -hmm. i think that it tells a story more so yeah um speaking of him again i saw johnny swim two birthdays ago okay and his not band, but like the people who play mm -hmm. his Ireland mm -hmm. part mm -hmm. opened for Johnny Swim. Oh, Ed Sheeran's crew played with Johnny Swim. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It was so fun. Yeah, I saw Johnny Swim and his wife in concert, and they were, it was very cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were very, very cute. talented. He had a cup of whiskey the whole time. I was like, my boy. <laughs> it was great. Did you see him two years ago at the um... White Oak? White Oak. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm at White Oak. Were you there? Yeah. Oh cool. Huh. My friend Hannah took me for my birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, I was there. I don't remember who I was there with. I don't remember. I haven't been to that venue again, but I really like it because it, so it's so fun. Venue in Houston. It's like I've never been to the outside part. Oh, but it feels like it would be fun. The a lot of my favorite reggae bands come when they play, they play at the White Oak, the outdoor section. Mm -hmm. I want to hear how you found, maybe how you found your lane. Like whenever you were younger, did you always know this is what I want to do creativity or creatively? Or how did you that is a great question. figure it out? One, I think that question comes with the assumption that I found my lane and I have definitely not yet. Okay. <laughs> but as far as being creative, you could say that I've always, like you could say that. I do know that I want to do something in the creative world, whether it's a hobby and I do something else or that definitely needs to be a part of my life. So how did I come to find that, I guess, is a good question or, or, or. Um, yeah, I mean, 
like, okay, for me, I feel like, um, like before finding, I like hosting dinners. I like having people over. Mm -hmm. I like serving people, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I just had this like urge inside me. Like, I don't know how to do it, but I like found a groove Mm -hmm. and same way. Like I feel artistically inspired, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't like painting with my fingers. Like I'm figuring out how it is for me. So like, tell me the journey that you are on, have been on Mm -hmm. figuring out, like you like to write and record music. You like Uh, to like, okay. Like what, what leg in the art world? And how did you get there? That's a good question. Well, was born into a musical family. So I got my first guitar when I was four years old. Um, So that was thrust upon me. Um, at a very early age, which I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I don't think my parents did this on purpose, but I, they gave me p- piano. I went to piano lessons, which I hated. I think everyone hated piano lessons. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't think I've known one person that was like, but what I did enjoy doing is I'd spend hours just playing with the guitar, not practicing, obviously, because mm-hmm. I didn't like to practice the notes or read music or anything, but I would just play. So... Um, hmm. I don't, so on my journey to figure out, I'm, I'm currently on, I'm trying to figure out like what exactly the, I guess the, the bigger question we can talk specifically in creativity was like, what's your unique ability? Like what, what is that's purely just you, like the perfect combination of what you're very talented at and what gives you life. Those sometimes can be different. Totally. You know, and then also what you can make money at is also yeah. another very important thing. It's like, what is, where's the cross we, section and all, yeah. where's that cross section? What a question. Right. So that's something I'm currently trying to figure out, yeah. but you, you, I guess you can imagine kind of like a puzzle piece. And I think we're all waiting for that big moment. It's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. But I don't think we appreciate the small pieces we get along the way as we start mm-hmm. putting together the bigger picture of like, hmm. Yeah. So, and I don't even think the big thing ever happens. At least it really? hasn't. No. Hmm. Do you? I don't know. I would, I would have said yes until you said that, but I, don't know, I would have to think, I don't think I've ever even thought that it doesn't happen. I think we're waiting for the big thing to happen. And at least in my experience, it's always been a little bit by a little bit journey. Right, right. But that journey doesn't have an ending of an epiphany of like, right. this is what I've all been, yeah. I've, been, I've been searching. You think there is an ending where, but you know, no. you think it's always going to be a journey of piecing it together until yeah. you die. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. I think that like there are big things that that will happen that do happen but for instance like i really feel called to teach people the bible in different like ways Mm -hmm. nobody has ever called me and just said like hey tiffany i know like christine kane has never called me and said like hey i want you to come to this conference that i'm speaking at and teach people no one. And if that ever happens, I would have to pray, but I would love to say yes. Yes on the spot. But I think that the Lord 
value stewardship mm -hmm. and how I steward the people that I'm in front of and how I teach them the Bible is equally important as the like quote big opportunity. And so maybe that would happen, but like, it's going to be little steps of stewarding the little bit. Uh, I understand what you're saying. I think we're on a little different pages. Let me separate okay. the epiphany I'm talking about is not necessarily an opportunity, but a realization of the role or roles that would make you most come. That is the intersection of making money, coming alive and being talented in your area. Okay. So you're talking about whether Christine King calls you or not is separate from the epiphany of the like, yeah, this oh. is the role I want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then I think yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can have epiphanies. Okay. Like all right. So, all right. So your lane, let's kind of, let's just take a second to describe what the lane is, at least for me, right? Currently the lane that you fall into is less about the actual, actual position. Like, are you at this company in front of these people and more about, are you doing, have you found that lane of, in, in a broader sense of it's video doing music and creating for for other people or like whatever that thing is and you've kind of labeled it out of like this is my lane i want to be in mm -hmm. so that's what i'm describing not necessarily i'm yeah. just, i'm doing it with bethel or okay. with whatever if that yeah. makes sense so it's less about the practical application more yeah. about fundamentally where is that lane yeah so that, okay. oh, no no go ahead I'm just saying like what a good feeling it is whenever you feel like you've had, whenever you've seen it piece together, mm. you know, because I feel like I'm still working through what actually makes me come alive. Mm -hmm. What am I good at? And then how do I make money mm -hmm. and making that little sweet spot, mm -hmm. a reality in my own life. Yeah. And at the same time, allowing myself permission to sit in that space and say, I don't know how I can make money, but I'm going to figure out how to make money mm. with the, I love and I'm good at and doing it. Um, and I think taking away the, Oh, I'm good at it and I can make money. So I'm going to neglect the things that actually make me come alive. So I didn't say last part one more time. Like if I have, what I love, what I'm good at, and how I make money. Mm -hmm. The goal would be that we find the sweet spot of all three. Mm -hmm. But I think the temptation is what am I good at and how do I make money? And I'm only operating in here and mm -hmm. I'm neglecting what makes me come alive. I would agree with you and add on that the temptation is to never find all three. So you can find what makes you, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I feel like that's a common, but I think there's also a lot of other common ones of, they do what makes them come alive and they're talented at it. But if you love underwater basket weaving and you're very good at it, but nobody's going to offer, you know, going to like, and, and I'm not saying don't try to make a carve out your own space of your special talent. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I just think that there are some people out there that the temptation is not to find all three, but just settle with two mm -hmm. is ultimately what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and I do believe you do need to, to be a good steward. There is part of the merchant side of things, right? You do need to bring an income. You do need to provide. You do are building a legacy for your children and generations to come. You know, you want to add on to, if your father hasn't handed anything down to you, then you are the guy who starts it and starts handing it down to your children or however that goes. So yeah. I do think that is a, a very important aspect of it. Totally. 
um, that is also neglected, not just the coming alive part. So yeah. temptation totally. is a subtle one too. So the question we originally talked about was how do you find your lane? Yeah. Um, hmm. One of the things, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I am out loud, so yes. <laughs> um, is I need to be grateful for the and 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 praise when I do discover a peace. When my mm -hmm. tendency is to, I'm nothing is ever enough is my raised tendency, if that makes sense. So like, let's say that I uh, let's do practical example. So I spent. I spend time consulting for a business. A friend of mine, he does construction mill work. I am consulting for him, right? Well, part of it might be really awesome, and then most of it might not be. And I'm like, ah, then this isn't it. And I'll and I'll just get frustrated and I'm like, well, this isn't it because I'm not feeling the most alive. I'm not whatever. And instead of if I approach from a grateful perspective, it's like, oh my gosh. How cool, I, I've, I've found a small piece of that lane and I can add it to the big picture and I can mm -hmm. take it and be like, now I can keep looking for my next piece. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of, my tendency has been more of a negative and it's just like I hit wall after wall and I'm not finding what keeps me alive or not finding what I'm talented at or I'm not, whatever. And instead of being like, it's like, oh my gosh, it's the whole Edison light bulb thing it's like mm. he didn't find a thousand ways you know he found a thousand ways to not make light or whatever the positive spin on it is it's it's uh you you take what is given to you in that experience is like ah i just found out what i doesn't make me come alive and there was a piece of it that i really enjoyed mm -hmm. and so now i get to take that and i get to move forward with more information than i started off with into mm -hmm. discovering what is my lane yeah so I think that would be a very healthy perspective for me to approach finding my lane, which I'm trying to mm -hmm. currently find out. So yeah, good. yeah, I think that perspective would be really helpful. Um, and if you take the grateful perspective, I think you, it, it's very difficult to be grateful. And hold on, I just lost it. Okay, roundabout way of saying what I'm saying is that you might end up doing something you didn't expect in the beginning and finding out that you really love doing it. Yeah, that's true. Right? Or it's like, oh my gosh, I knew I always wanted to teach the Bible and turns out that I write plays for this company and they were teaching Bible lessons through the story of dance or whatever it is. It's like, I never thought, you know, it's like yeah. that, that style of like, if you some people have a very clear idea of what they want to do and yeah praise them go them. yeah that's awesome everything we can do to support you like go get it um but for the people that don't have that very clear idea mm -hmm. or like for me i said i was never going to be a writer i just immediately blocked the holy spirit from operating in that direction if that's the way he wanted to take me mm -hmm. granted i didn't like doing it and currently it's still very difficult for me but if I approach with a grateful perspective, I feel like being very grateful and having hard expectations don't go very well together, Yeah, if that makes sense. And so I think being grateful negates expectations 
which allows you to be open-minded and be able to see things back to be, see things more accurately mm -hmm. to be able to identify the aspects that are amazing or mm -hmm. aren't amazing to you. Um, but we hold very hard expectations. Um, I, I say we, I don't mean to group everyone into my category, but I hold hard expectations mm -hmm. of like, what is it supposed to feel like when I do like create music, you know, like mm -hmm. supposed to feel alive every second, you know, like mm -hmm. what, you know, or, you know, am I, whatever those expectations are of like, I'm supposed to be doing this or that's supposed to be language or it mm -hmm. should be like this yeah. to be grateful in perspective and going through something you're looking at almost everything as like these opportunities to learn mm -hmm. and there's a humility that comes with that and there's you're able to i think be more malleable for the lord in particular if he wants to shape you one way or move you in another and you're resistant into an area i think being grateful is fundamentally a great way of allowing yourself to move into an area that you've been resisting or um like you know i don't know yeah, 10 years from now i could be writing you know, lyrics purely in this is, or books or whatever the thing yeah. is that I was like, dude, there's no way I'm ever doing this. Um, You're going to write more than just TV channels. <laughs> what, yeah, right. <gasps> whatever the thing is, but I've been so resistant because I haven't been grateful for the things that have been in my life and I haven't been able to distinguish those. And you can, I think, arrive to your destination in your lane faster. If you're thankful. If you're thankful, because a lot mm. of things flow from thankfulness. You enter his gates with thanksgiving is a supporting verse for my hypothesis okay now it's legal <laughs> so okay anyway which actually ties into what 2021 i want to be is the one thing as i just want to be more grateful mm -hmm. because we sat at thanksgiving and we always go around and be like what have we been thankful for this year you know man i'm usually full of words or whatever and i can you know like you're like, hey, stand up and preach a sermon on thankfulness. I'm like, got it. And I can just stand up and do it. Yeah. Um, but I really am trying to be less like preachy, I guess, or more like like less teachy and more just here's what I'm thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. More and authentic. what? More authentic. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Um and uh and more thankful. And I couldn't find anything I was thankful about mm. for 2020. And then my brother also had a very difficult time coming up with something he was thankful for at Thanksgiving. And he went first and he did such a beautiful job of like, he's just so beautiful at being authentic. And he's like, every time you hear him, you could share just the worst thing he did, but you just love him Aww. so much when he's done and you've learned so much and you just are a better person because he talked, you know? Aww. And so like, he went first and I was like, man, it's so good. Like he's exactly where I was. And I like, was like, man, I wanted to say something just like that, but he just did so good, such a good job. But shout out to josh right now he's crushing it um anyway i was just i just pretty much was like ditto what josh said because mm -hmm. you know, i just want to be more grateful you know mm -hmm. and so um anyway so that was something i've been dwelling a lot on and it's been a battle but that is one thing 2021 that i want to do is just be grateful good so all that tied back together yeah okay good well, I really feel like we have gone around the mountain and talked about some really good stuff. I mean, I'm really grateful, like just to hear you externally process some of these topics and even just the way that you um, like tell the whole story, like just a big 
rounded, <laughs> like lots of different perspectives. It's just, I think, representative of your mind and like how you are able to communicate an idea from so many different perspectives. And anyway, it's been really beautiful to talk with you. Thank you. Um, I have a final question that yeah. I ask everybody. Okay. So if you could throw a dinner party of any kind, there's no budget, there's no limitations, where would you go? What would it be like? Who's coming with you? What's the decor? Like all of it, what is it? Huh, That's an interesting question. <laughs> um, and if I could throw or host a dinner party, mm -hmm. who might get, I guess my first initial thought would be less about where it was and what we were doing, even though I, I love food and I love cooking. Um, it would be more about who, who, who would be on the guest list. Yeah, who's um, coming? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm sure the dead, dead versus alive also question, like I can pull yeah. people, yeah, anybody, good night. Oh, we could have it anywhere in the world, man. Yeah, you're the host, there's no limitations. Hmm. Okay. I'm constructing in my head what that night would look like. First, we'd have our transportation device. What? Yeah. What does that mean? That means that we can all just walk through the doorway and we can be somewhere else immediately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's part of my dinner party because we would probably grab courses from different areas in the world <gasps> just because I <sighs> love, love, love cultures mm. just so much I and know. like i, I love the chinese culture that. i love the middle eastern culture and mm. how they break bread together and how oh. they eat and the different just from food like at first anyway but we would like apps whatever where are we having appetizers oh man that's a great question um probably start off somewhere in like south europe probably like Italy, maybe mm. for apps, um, for the bread, the wine, the meats, a lot of the really good cheeses. A lot mm. of it is produced in Italy. And so I think that would be like a charcuterie board beginning. No. So a little, little white girl, basic white girl in me kind of wants a charcuterie <laughs> board to start off with. But um, I'm down with that. Or we could end dessert gelato in Italy. We can do both. Yeah, we could. We could definitely do have okay. the, we can walk through the transportation advice okay. just be somewhere immediately. Yeah. Um, I definitely would want the dinner festivity aspect of it. I really do appreciate like the non it is formal, but like the sit down or you're in the sand, it's low table, everyone's cross legged, like mm -hmm. you're there so we could do it like Morocco or um you know, I don't know, somewhere. Have you been to Morocco? No, that's one of the places oh. I definitely want to go. But I do like Moroccan food. It's very good. Yeah. Do they have it here? Mm-hmm. Really? You know, Houston is the most diverse city in America over Manhattan. Mm. Mm hmm And one of the coolest things I love about Houston is we have these huge pockets of people, like all the people groups. So like huge Jordanian pocket. We have Israeli pocket. We have an Indian pocket. Mm -hmm. We've got Pakistani pocket. We've got a Chinese pocket. We have a Japanese pocket. And in those pockets, you find their cuisines. And mm -hmm. I think Houston has by far the best food. I would, I would venture to guess 
because I have gotten the blessing of eating at a lot of places in a lot of the major cities in the U.S. from traveling for the corporate world. You just you have that their card and you just can take people out and stuff. So being at some very nice places. And so obviously New York's got incredible food. Um, so I don't know if we could have like the best restaurant in the world in Houston, but I don't think you'll find the best, most diverse cuisine outside of Houston. Like you could get anything you want in Houston and mm-hmm. it's very good. Mm-hmm. Arguably really better than like we have, I think in my opinion, yeah. the best Asian food in Houston than anywhere else in America. Oh, Okay yeah okay so let's go back to your dinner party ah yes um so where are we having dinner in who would be invited obviously my family first and foremost Mm -hmm. my best friends would be there too um yeah that'd be it actually Mm -hmm. good i don't think i'd and i mean we could bring some famous people i honestly wouldn't want them there Mm -hmm. to be honest i'd probably just want my my family and my friends your people yeah where would you have dessert? Oh, that's a great question. Mm, I let that be a group choice for my family and friends. We just they just be able to dial in where they want to go. I'm not personally a biggest dessert fan. Okay. Just not a huge fan of sweets. Like, I have gotten down with some ice cream lately, but I've never got never liked ice cream until about like eight months ago, and then all of a sudden I was like eating pints of it. But <laughs> okay. Um, I would probably be like, where do you guys want to go? And yeah. they let them choose. But okay. Yeah, probably. Sounds uh, like a really fun di- dinner. Yeah. But to travel and enjoy different cultures and different cuisines in one night would be amazing. It would be really fun. Yeah. So be a, dinner would be starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. We'd just go all day. It'd be a, it would be a full day event. This wouldn't be just like <laughs> a dinner evening party. This would be an all day yeah. thing, definitely. We'd definitely break, do games and stuff okay. and like, Oh yeah, we could nap too. I do like napping, but like playing on the beach or whatever we ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. That's fun. Okay. Well, thanks Will for being on my podcast and for sharing everything. <laughs> hey. It was so fun to talk thanks with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, show. Sure.